welcome to the Major Gifts Fundraiser podcast with Clark Van Deventer. I'm Monica, and we're excited to have the opportunity to help you raise more money for your nonprofit than you ever thought possible by developing deeper and more meaningful relationships with your donors. This podcast is designed to get you thinking, to challenge you, to inspire you, and to give you some practical tools that you can use right now in your work as a fundraiser. If you hear something that you'd like to learn more about, or if Clark mentions a resource you'd like to get your hands on, just email me. My email address is monica at majorgiftsfundraiser.com. That's monica, M-O-N-I-C-A, at majorgiftsfundraiser.com. We offer a variety of services to nonprofits and development professionals, from DIY, that's do-it-yourself, to DWY, done with you, to DFY, that's done for you. To learn more, just email me at monica at majorgiftsfundraiser.com. All right, without further ado, here's Clark. Buenos dias, mis amigos. Hey, Clark Van Deventer here from Major Gifts Fundraiser. Hope you're having a great day. All right, season two, episode two of the Major Gifts fundraiser podcast. Great to have you with us. All right. Hey, I mentioned in the last episode that we've moved to Guatemala. All right. I wanted to talk a little bit more about that just real quickly and invite you down here to join us. So a little bit of a diversion um, from the regular fundraising talk we have here on the podcast. So um, my wife and I have just always loved to travel. Uh, We've done a lot of it um, throughout our lives, we've done a lot of with our kids. In 2014, when my youngest, our youngest was one year old, we spent three months in Thailand. We've done a couple of uh, longer six-month road trips. Uh, it's just been a passion of ours, and we've spent a lot of time in Guatemala over the years. Uh, one of my goals, one of my wife's goals, going back a ways was that while our kids were young, while they were quote-unquote still with us, that we would spend a year living abroad. And uh, we had that opportunity come up, or, or the opportunity was there when we finally seized it, I should say. So, And we chose Guatemala because we came to this place where it was like, wait a second, if we have this goal to live abroad at some point in our lives, we could randomly throw a dart at a map and, and land there. Or we could go back to where we've been going for years and where we already have friends and relationships. And so that was Panajachel, Guatemala. So we actually uh, have a client down here in Guatemala that we've worked with and just been close with on a personal level. And uh, that, that client was what, wasn't what got us to move down here, although the client will benefit from lots of coaching over tacos. But um, that was one more thing. It was one more reason uh, why we chose Guatemala. And then I talked in the podcast the other day about this goal I had to learn how to speak Spanish by the time I was 40. I have 36 days now until my 40th birthday, and still I'm not conversational in Spanish, but... Poco a poco, right? Little by little, I'm getting better every day. And uh, moving down here is just getting me one step closer. So, um, hey, we're we're achieving a lot of our goals by living here. And uh, just a great experience for us and for our family. I've written a little bit more about this. If you're curious, 
let me know. I got a couple of links I can send you to uh, where I've, I've shared a little bit more in depth about why we've chosen to do this. Hey, if you love travel and you love experiencing foreign cultures, we'd love to connect with you on this point. Uh, so reach out. My email is Clark at Major Gifts Fundraiser. Dot com. That's Clark at MajorGiftsFundraiser.com. By the way, at the end of the podcast, I have got. I want to talk more about this invitation for you to come down here and join us for a bit in Guatemala. What I want to talk about in today's podcast, though, is your fundraising calendar, right? Like, so here we are at the end of January, and the question is: Is that for you to run a development operation at your organization? Uh, what are the what are the minimum acceptable things that you need to be doing to keep a a minimum acceptable development operation going? So, uh, it, 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 a minimum acceptable may be a funny way to put it, but I'm always talking about achieving these minimum acceptable standards. And the higher our threshold for minimum, right? The higher our threshold for minimum, the better off we're going to be. And so with the thank you and stewardship process with organizations, I talk about achieving a minimum acceptable standard of thanks and stewardship for our donors and for the organizations we work with. That's seven thank yous within the first month of the first gift, right? It's four or five thank yous for every recurring gift, right? For every subsequent gift after that first gift. And then it's it's seven more thank yous, just general thank yous over the course of the year, just continually thanking and stewarding your donors. And so we have a client that we actually do a weekly development meeting with. And what one piece of that weekly development meeting is, okay, what gifts came in over the past week, right? Like, this is a relatively small organization. What gifts came in over the past week? And what do we need to do to thank these people? And for, for a while, the client had a hard time getting his mind around this because it, it was like he had done such a poor job. And admittedly, he would say this, like his organization had done such a poor job over the years of thanking and stewarding their donors, he would look at these names on the list and, and think, well, what do we need to do? And I've reminded him, look, we have all, remember, these people, when they give, they're already receiving minimum acceptable, right? If this is a first-time donor, they're already receiving seven thank yous in the, within the first month. If this is a, a donor who's giving a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth gift, right, a recurring gift, this is a donor who's already going to get over the next month four or five thank yous, right? So when we look at the list of who gave a gift in the past week, the question is on that foundation of the minimum acceptable that we're already doing, is there something else we should do in addition to, right? So is this a personal friend? Is this a, an especially large gift? Is this a larger first-time gift? So it's a question of, is there something more we should do? So, but here we are now, at the end of January, you're thinking, like, how am I running a, like, am I running a professional development operation? Are we doing the things that an organization like us ought to be doing? So I want to share with you a, a new program 
that we are in the process of rolling out. We have clients experiencing this right now as it's being built. And it's really uh, your fundraising calendar. And it's interesting because we had two clients ask for this and they kind of came at it in a different way. One was sort of like, yeah, like uh, she's an executive director who uh, wears many hats, right? So executive directors are pulled in lots of directions. A development director, if you're a development director, you wake up every morning and it's your job to think about how am I going to raise money for this organization? It's what you do, right? But if you're an executive director, you've got you've got so many hats that you're wearing and you're being pulled in lots of directions and you want to know that you are like doing the basics. Like, am I doing the basic development work well? And as we talked about it, it was sort of like what she needed was just a, a roadmap to know like, yeah, in January I should be doing this and in February I should be doing this as a minimum acceptable. So another client we talked with kind of put it this way. It's like keeping your, I don't have time right now to really dig into like hardcore development work, but I would like to keep my donor base warm, right? So that when I am ready to dig in, like my donor base is already warm and I don't have to warm them up and then share the campaign with them. I like to keep them warm so that when I'm ready to engage, right, I'm already working with warm leads. So it's like, how do you keep your donor database warm? Minimum acceptable stuff. So I had another client, they, they asked for what they called the 365. It was just like, hey, let's just get a calendar out and just know that uh, these are the things. Every January 2nd, we should be doing this. Every April 1st, we should be doing this. Every October, as we approach you know, the end of the year, what should, we, what should we be doing in terms of pulling our, our list of donors who haven't given yet this year? What about getting ready for Giving Tuesday? Or do I, am I making Thanksgiving calls? This client was asking for the 365. So the 365 sounded a little overwhelming to me, let alone to, I think, a lot of organizations who are trying to carve out time for fundraising. So hang on, sip of coffee here. All right, so what we've done is we've put together this program for these two clients. Essentially, it's this. On the first day of every month, it's like you you look at what am I supposed to be doing this month, right? Like, what do I need to add to my to-do list this month, right? And then we're giving some coaching on how, how you actually do that. Middle of the month, we're checking in, just kind of figuring out, like, how are you doing? Are you... Are you uh, running into trouble? Do you not understand how to do this? All right, and then at the end of the month, it's, it's like pulling the list back up going, can I check these things off the list? Have I accomplished this? So literally for one client, it was like in, in January, minimum acceptable for us, <laughs> okay? It was, we're gonna send the acknowledgement of, and the, re, the report of all the gifts that you gave last year, right? So. This client, as we advise, they send a thank you for every individual gift, right? So if I send $25 uh, this month and in July I make a $100 gift and around Thanksgiving I make another $100 gift. Every time I give a gift, right, I'm getting a gift receipt, I'm getting acknowledgement, I'm getting thanks, 
right? So from a tax standpoint, a legal standpoint, I've provided my donors with everything they need, right? To, to report or, or to write off their gifts with the IRS or whatever. But we advise then to send an additional summary of gifts in January of each year, basically like, so we thank you, we've acknowledged you, we've receded you for all of your gifts along the way. But in January, it's just an, an extra uh, excuse for us to thank you. We're going to send an accounting of all of your gifts from the previous year and say thank you for uh, all that you helped us accomplish. By the way, if you hear the dog barking in the background, welcome to Guatemala. <laughs> okay, so we uh, so that was the one thing. Okay, our client's like, okay, we have to do that. The second thing this client had to do is the client had to... Uh, they have on their calendar that every January they will call all of their monthly recurring donors, right? So monthly recurring donors, right? They, they, they go into a thank you sequence, right? Like someone signs up to be a monthly giver. They're going to, they're going to get a slew of thank yous. They're going to get some other special thank yous throughout the year. So some organizations, I always feel like their hope is that a donor will become a monthly donor and then forget that they ever signed up, right? And their credit card is just going to get dinged every month and they never cancel because they forgot that they did it, right? Our goal is that if recurring giving did not exist, like if there was no such thing as automated payments on credit cards, it had never been invented, that donors would literally go in every month and put in their credit card information because they know how important the gifts are and you're doing such a fantastic job of thinking and stewarding them. That's our standard. That's what we're shooting for. And so with this client, he has on the calendar every January, he's going to take a couple of days and literally just call through the list, call through his list of all of his recurring donors and thank them for their monthly giving and talk about how important their gifts are and and just sort of celebrate all that the organization accomplished in the past year and thank the donors for being a part of that. So those are the two big things this client is supposed to do every January. And so now here we are. We're coming up on the end of January as I record this. It's January 28th. We're coming up on the end of the calendar and it's like, have you done this, right? And then what we do as consultants, I sometimes put it this way, we hold you accountable without consequence. All right, we're going to hold your feet to the fire. We're going to put pressure on you. We're going to say, like, have you done this? How can I help you do this? Right? But we'll hold you accountable without consequence. Now, your boss may eventually hold you accountable with consequence, right? Your boss, your board, right? Your donors. Your donors will eventually hold you accountable with consequence through their lack of support. So uh, that's... That's what we're, we're trying to help you avoid being held accountable with consequence. And we're going to hold you accountable without consequence. So this fundraising calendar that we're coaching these clients through. Now you're getting in late in the game, right? You're, you're hearing about this end of January, right? Maybe it's even a little bit later in the year by the time you're listening to this podcast. But if you're interested in going through this process with us, please reach out to me. Clark at MajorGiftsFundraiser.com is my email. That's Clark at MajorGiftsFundraiser.com. I want to, I like full disclosure, this is not a fully developed program. So if you like that idea, 
of getting in on something early that's not fully developed and you helping us develop it and getting some benefit along the way, this is for you. All right. And this is about achieving some minimum acceptable standards of how a development operation at a nonprofit organization ought to be run. All right. And you, like, you and I together, we determine what minimum acceptable is for you. All right. And it's going to be, we're going to raise the bar a little bit. Wherever you're at, we're going to help you go a little bit further because that's what you're ultimately measuring yourself against, right? Like you're not, whatever your organization is, you're not, let's say your annual budget is a million dollars a year. You're not comparing yourself against an organization with a hundred million dollar a year budget, right? You want to compare yourself with where you were last year or the year before that. And that's the question you have to ask yourself. Like, are we getting better? And we're going to help take you to the next level. And we'll figure out what minimum acceptable is for you. So if you're interested in this, shoot me an email. That's Clark at MajorGiftsFundraiser.com. All right. I mentioned our client down here in Guatemala and what great <laughs> fundraising counsel they're getting for the price of some tacos. All right, so they are benefiting. This organization is benefiting from our move um, more than anyone else just because we're, we're spending a lot of time with them. And we're spending a lot of time with them because we love them. They're actually great people. They're great friends. And they are um, a long-standing client. They're just people we've known for a number of years. They, we, our relationship with them goes back uh, eight or nine years, and that's eight or nine years of lots of fundraising chat before they were ever a client. But here's our invitation to you. <laughs> this is your invitation to get the, the best value in fundraising counsel you have ever received. We love connecting with people in foreign cultures, if that's you, all right? If you love to travel, if you love to go to new places, and experience new things, come to Panahachel, Guatemala. It's an open invitation. Come join us here in Panahachel, Guatemala, anytime this year. All right, if that's you, we'd love to connect with you. We'd love to walk around Pana with you. We'd love to go around Lake Atilan with you. Uh, we'd love to go eat some street food with you. And along the way, we're just gonna talk. All right, we're going to talk about you, your career, your issues, your challenges, who you are, what you want to accomplish, right? What your organization's trying to do, what your organization's trying to accomplish. Um, and hey, all you have to pay us. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> just buy me some tacos. All right, that's it. We just would love to connect with you. And uh, that's a unique that's a unique thing uh, that we're offering while we're down here and um, because we are genuinely just interested in connecting with people who want to come to a place like this so uh, we're planning to be here all of 2020 so that's your um, that's your invitation and that's your deadline right like I don't know how long we'll be here in the 2021 January will be here all of January 2021 maybe will we be here into February maybe I don't know 2020, that's your best bet if you want to come spend some time with us. By the way, right, us being down here, as I've said in um, uh, other announcements where I've written this on Facebook and LinkedIn, 
our being down here shouldn't affect our ability to, to serve our clients in any way. Um, actually, what's funny is that we've lived in Lake Tahoe for the past number of years, and Lake Tahoe is a darn inconvenient place to live when you're, when you're coaching uh, different clients and consulting with different clients. I, I had like an an hour and a half drive to an airport, and that airport was Reno, all right? Not exactly a huge hub. Uh, getting around the United States was always complicated. Uh, for us down here in Guatemala, we actually, uh, we have nonstop flights to lots of uh, U.S. and North America destinations from Guatemala City, uh, nonstop to uh, Washington, D.C., Houston, Los Angeles. I have a, a nonstop flight. I'm speaking at a conference in February in Orlando. Nonstop, two and a half hours, Guatemala City to Orlando. It would have been much more complicated for me to get to Guatemala City from uh, Lake Tahoe than it is from uh, Guatemala City. So shouldn't affect our work uh, with our clients, most of which is done via phone, Zoom, uh, internet anyway, but that occasional time we do need to hop on a flight to be with a client uh, shouldn't be a problem at all. And, and uh, we, that was one of the reasons we chose Guatemala. We really needed to stay because we've talked over the years about different places around the world um, and like staying in this Western Hemisphere, right, where uh, our clients are based in North America and we're still working with them uh, during like the daytime hours of North America, uh, there was a time when we lived in, when we were in Thailand for three months, when I was doing coaching calls at nine o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night. And uh, you, like, I would get up for it, right? Like I'd, I'd get mentally amped for it and be there for it, but I'm not sure I'd want to do that uh, on a long-term basis. So that was another reason we chose um Guatemala was easy for us, yeah, and the time zone issue and, and the flight issue. So, all right. Hey, that's all we've got for you today. That's all I've got for you today. Again, if you're interested in going on this fundraising calendar journey with us, shoot me an email at clark at majorgiftsfundraiser.com. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day. Monica here. I hope you've been enjoying the podcast and getting some great bits of information from each episode. I want to take just a minute and talk with you about how you can work with Clark as your development coach, or as he likes to put it, your mountain guide. If you were going to trek into the mountains, you may hire a mountain guide. If it's a big mountain and you don't know the terrain and you don't have experience in those parts, you certainly should have a guide. So when it comes to nonprofit development and major gifts fundraising, Clark can be that guide. He has been in these mountains before. He has over 20 years of experience and has raised millions of dollars for all different types of organizations. He knows what to expect. He's seen a lot. He knows the terrain. And like a mountain guide, he can help you. He can't take the steps for you, but he can take them with you. He has a map. He has a plan. He knows the weather. He can be your guide. So if you're looking for a coach to help take you to new heights, we're here to help. We can put together a custom coaching package that works for you. For more information, reach out to me on email at monica at majorgiftsfundraiser.com. That's monica, M-O-N-I-C-A, at majorgiftsfundraiser.com.